So, Rob, you know what? It has been an incredibly big winter for fast food. I, you know, I, I feel like this is like been this is probably the longest running bit on this show. It's because we started off as as everyone knows with the pizza with the mini cheeseburgers in the crust because that is uh, an absurd pizza that no human should eat. Um, I never I never got one of those pizzas. I, I guess I re- that's, that's probably one of my greater regrets in life. But <laughs> but we've got a few things here that are that that are out that you know maybe maybe just maybe we can enjoy some of these. Well, not everything here is edible, nor that would you want to eat them. But let me let me explain what I mean. And I I'll take the first one, and I'll let you have the, se- okay. the second one. The 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 first is I was browsing through Twitter as as I tend to do, and I came across the most absurd pair of Crocs you've ever seen. Now. Do they have Crocs in the UK, Rob? I I think so. I mean, I, I'm aware of them and know what they are, and I think most people do. I thought so. I, I would... don't know if you can actually buy them here. I would imagine oh, you probably right. can. I don't know who they're for, but yeah. I'm sure they're in the shop somewhere. I'm pretty sure that they're made in the United States, but they're you know they're like slip-on rubber shoes that you can that that you wear that have like little holes in the top of where the top of your foot would is, and. A lot of kids wear them. They were really big, maybe five, six years ago, and, and yeah, they're sort of like uh, some, they're, like, they're like deluxe sandals, I guess. Like, yeah, that's more... a good way to put it. They're kind of and they're very they're rubbery, and I guess they're comfortable. I've never owned a pair. I will, although that may change. Uh, I have never owned a pair, and they even have them that they, like I think people at hospitals sometimes wear them, like medical professionals, nurses, and other people who work there. Because, sure, yeah. Because they actually do make, I think, a version that's designed for people who stand on their feet all day long, and so, so that's what these are, right? And but, but the, I think it's important to kind of understand the way they. I think they started mainly as a shoe for kids to wear in the summer, you know, because they're like the kind of thing you can just hose off if they get all dirty or whatever, and the they're doing a, a collab, as the kids say. The Crocs people <laughs> with one of our favorite one of our favorite uh, companies, which is Kentucky Fried Chicken, and so they have come out with a pair of Crocs, which I believe are sixty dollars, that you can get that have the, the the sides of the Crocs look like a bucket of fried chicken, and because you know that's just not enough because putting the the Colonel Colonel Sanders on there in his bow tie with some with some fried chicken and some of the other logo art on the shoes was just not enough. They actually put a chicken leg on the top of each of the Crocs, which I thought was kind of masterful, really. I've got to stop you there. I've looked at this picture, I don't know, six or seven times since you sent it to me. (laughs) I didn't... I thought the chicken pieces on the front were, like, just for the promo images. I didn't realize that was actually part of the shoe. Well... That's a good question, actually. I assumed it was part of the show. Part of the shoe. Maybe I'm wrong. I'll be very disappointed if it's not part of the shoe, Rob. Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure because it's. It appears to be like there's only this one photo. Yeah, you know, there doesn't appear to be like loads of photos of them. There's just this one. And, well, and see, so I thought that these were, you know, like little rubber chicken, like fake. You know, you see fake food, right? You go to, you see like a bowl of fake oranges and other fruit. I thought that these were like rubber chicken wings that they had glued somehow affixed to the top of these shoes and now i'm embarrassed to say that maybe i've been fooled by the by colonel sanders 
Well, I've just been reading through the article as well because, you know, with all the preparation I've done, I haven't actually read it. Neither had um, I. Th- these are also chicken scented. Oh, um, no. They don't just look like chicken. They actually smell like, I guess they smell like KFC, you- which I'm not sure is a smell I want around my feet. No, because can you imagine getting into bed at night and then all of a sudden you're like, <laughs> it's, all you can smell is chicken? Uh, and it's coming from your feet all the time. <laughs> oh that that's ridiculous all right well see you know that's the thing about twitter the best thing about twitter is you don't actually have to read you can just look at pictures and imagine what the things might actually be right you, you look you make your opinion you pick your side and you move on to the next thing yes yes it's probably it's probably fairly <laughs> innocuous when it comes to shoes and other footwear but yes that's generally how twitter works well that's that's they call this the kfc x I think that means by Crocs Bucket Clog. That's the official name. Bucket Clog. Yeah, the, the X is like, the, as you said, the collab. That's what they do, isn't yeah, it? I thing, so. X thing. Uh, so, yeah, you know, our podcast is like John X Rob. Yes, like that's... yes, very good. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should ch- change all the artwork on the website, Rob. Come on. <laughs> I think we found our, we found our branding. I'll, I'll see what I can do. All right. I'll see what I can All do. Right. Well, that's enough of that. I, I, you know, this is something that probably we should buy. It, th- this article was from February 13th. So, you know, who knows how long these are going to be around. Or, or maybe we buy these up, we get a whole bunch of pairs, and we do what the sneakerhead kids do, and we sell them on some of these websites for like $1,000 a pair. We could be rich. Right. We could be rich off of Kentucky Fried Chicken Shoes. We'd be all over it. All right. Well, you know, we're this is going to be our business. I, I've figured out our our next our next collab, which is going to be, uh, you know, selling shoes on eBay with pictures right, with pictures exactly. of fast food on it. All right, Rob. Let's move so, on to the second item, which I'm I'm going to let right. you take the lead on this one. Yeah, because I mean this this has been a hell of a week. We're only on number two now, um, yes. so we get the KFC shoes three days later. Uh, this one's probably less exciting, I think. Um, especially for people outside the UK, but we'll, we'll get, Burger King is testing a sandwich with nothing but French fries, um, which essentially is 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 what a British person might call a chip butty. Have you ever heard that phrase? <laughs> I know what chips are, <laughs> but I've never heard of a chip butty. No. Right. So the, normally this would be chips from a from a fish and chips shop, sure. and then you get some bread, you butter the bread, and you make a sandwich out of those chips, oh. or you might. You might put it in like a roll, pretend you know that's depending on what part of the country you're from depends on what you call it as well. Um, I'm not sure I want this with Burger King fries. No, like yeah. they're not, they're not. But I, I don't know what they're like in the US, but in the UK they're kind of fine, but they're not. They're not particularly good. Yeah, no, that's about right for here too. And I, and this article does in fact uh, mention the Chip Buddies dish from from England. Now this this sandwich is only available to, for our fine friends in New Zealand right now, which is kind of, that's a long way to go for a, for a French fry sandwich. So I think I'm going to have to take a pass on this particular one. Yeah, I mean, I suppose at least with this one, you could make your own. You, you know, you, you go to Burger King, you get yourself a burger, you buy some fries, you throw away all the, you know, the lovely burger stuff that's actually inside and just put fries in, and I guess you're kind of there. I'm wondering if I should just go to the Burger Can- King and ask them, to make me the sandwich say you know what can i just buy a hamburger but don't put the hamburger in it just put put all the fries in there it looks like it's got ketchup 
And I'm not sure. I suppose that's mayonnaise. Uh, I at first I thought maybe that was like cheese curds or something like that, but I don't think it. No, it definitely says yeah. It says mayon- ketchup and mayonnaise right. in the uh, in the article. So, as somebody who's worked in a fast food restaurant, don't do that. Just go in and order things that are on the menu. Don't don't annoy the poor people that are working there because it's it's no fun for anybody. I promise you. <laughs> I'm sure not. Oh man. So this this sandwich is two dollars, two New Zealand dollars. Um, and it, it looks like it's only in a limited number of locations, even in New Zealand. So this is a very narrow test market, but you know, uh, maybe, you know, cross your fingers, Rob, maybe it'll, it'll spread worldwide. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I guess for Burger King, McDonald's, whoever stuff like this, it's, I guess it's kind of great because they can just, you know, there's no extra ingredients here. It's all stuff they've already got. Yeah. It seems like a little so... bit of a cop out, doesn't it? <laughs> right. Although I guess, you know, yeah, it's, we, we've talked about the sandwich made out of uh, fried chicken as the bun. That's really the same thing, I suppose. Oh, no, that's... Oh, don't remind me. That was horrible. I can't believe it. It was yeah. the worst thing I've ever eaten. <laughs> oh, man, you did eat that. I forgot. Oh, All right, Rob. I, we, we're going to move on to the New York Post because the New York Post... And this is another Burger King. You know, they're exploring... They're kind of... They're pushing the boundaries and exploring what people want to want to want to eat and what they want to see because they apparently have got this advertising campaign that is touting the fact that they have preservative free hamburgers and they're doing it by showing you a picture of a moldy whopper which I'll tell you this this whopper is disgusting oh yeah it really I mean it it doesn't look good I, I get what they're doing because I don't know if you remember a few years ago, there was like, somebody have like a McDonald's burger that they'd kept for like five years or something, or, and they were like sort of pushing the videos around, or maybe it was a photo, I can't remember. So, like, this is definitely a thing that people are aware of, that like, fast food stuff just doesn't go out of date. Yeah, I was just scrubbing through this video, and it starts out with somebody making this, you know, good looking Whopper sandwich, and it's on a little pedestal. And then it it's there's a, the music in the background is what a difference a day ma- makes, and then it shows the burger after a day, and you can see the you can see the it's a time lapse movie. You can see the the lettuce start to wilt. Everything kind of almost compresses itself and gets flatter. And then oh, it's not too long before it starts getting fuzzy, and it looks like the meat gets fuzzy first. Which you know, that's interesting. I don't know if I would have picked. Uh, the meat to be the first part that starts growing the mold. But it gets a nice white fuzziness on it, and then they zoom in so you can actually see the mold in detail. And then it goes a little further, and that's when it starts to the, it starts turning blue. And by the time you get to the bottom, you the, the end of this, you've got... Oh, it's just disgusting. It's, it's this kind of squished-looking blue and white moldy thing that's absolutely nasty that's oh and i guess the the final day is 34 days they let this hamburger sit there and get photographed so there you have it yeah they i I get what they're going for and you know i'm sure there's people going oh well you're talking about it so maybe it's working but (laughs) this does i mean what a world we're living in that that uh, uh, something to be proud of is oh 
you know, our stuff goes moldy like all other food. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's such a weird thing because it's like, yeah, do you know what? All the food I buy at home, if I just leave it out, it's going to go moldy. Like it's, I guess this is better. But I mean, at the same time, you're talking, these are like, what, 1200 calorie burgers or meals or whatever. Like, I, I think there was even a quote in here that was like, if, if you're having a Burger King meal, the least of your worries is the preservatives. Yeah, um, probably. And this doesn't really make me want to have Burger King either, because all I'm thinking about is how disgusting that burger looks. Yeah, I don't. To me, it's it's the wrong it's the wrong approach. But <laughs> I understand. It's hard to. I suppose it's hard to visualize uh, a lack of anything, including preservatives. So, uh, showing the consequences, I guess, is a way to go. It's one way to go. It's just not. I don't think it's probably the best way to go. Yeah. All right. Well, well that's it for fast food corner. Right. Oh, we're doing corners now, are we? we are. <laughs> I've never heard anybody use that before, so I think I'm going to start it because I, you know, that's, there that's we a go. Thing. It's a thing that I'm going to start. All right. Yeah. All right, Rob. So I'm becoming an automation person. Oh. And I'm one of the, I'm one of them now. It, I think it started when I started working on some stories for Mac stories about shortcuts because you know we have that huge shortcuts archive which are mostly shortcuts built by Federico. It, there's a couple in there for me, but uh, yeah, I, I've heard Federico. He, he's kind of into the shortcuts, right? He's a little he likes bit, those. Yeah, he's a little bit into that, and so we decided to do like a a series where we go back and go through those and try to more than just. The thing with his shortcuts is that they're sprinkled throughout a whole bunch of different things through, you know, oh, iOS 10 review, you know, iOS 10, iOS 11, iOS 13, all that. He, they're in his reviews. They're in articles about shortcuts updates. They're all over the place. And so we thought we would go back and, like, pick a handful of them each time and write about them in a way that helps teach people how to do it themselves and understand the concepts and the techniques and all that stuff a little bit more in depth and contextual than, than sometimes some of these were originally presented in and by bringing them together, make them hopefully easier to find. But so I, I did the first installment of this and it really was, uh, it helped me a lot in being better at shortcuts because to, to be able to explain something in a clear way really requires you to understand it very well. And so I ended up basically with the three shortcuts I covered, rebuilding them from scratch, step by step, so making sure that I understood exactly what people would be seeing if they did that themselves, even though they can just download the shortcut if that's all they want. I mean, you know, that's that's always one approach. And that's kind of an approach that I've taken with an awful lot of shortcuts because it's pretty easy when you have someone like, you work with someone like Federico who's always making these. And because you're doing the same job he does, basically, you know, a lot of his shortcuts are perfect for the work I do. So a lot of times I just do that. But I went through this whole process and it's been good for understanding shortcuts better. And I did a really, I so I've been making some for myself, but... I've also been messing around with more HomeKit stuff again. And I had had this, there's this Philips Hue bulbs. I have, you know, several of them in the house. And one of the sets of bulbs I got, I think were part of a kit, and it came with a four-button switch. It's kind of a weird-looking thing. It's like a disc. I mean, I can find it, and you can put it in the show notes. But you Yeah, can, I, th I think I've just found yeah, it. Yeah, you, can, it's, you uh, can press down. It's called, called, the, called the tap switch. Uh, not not particularly interesting. I think this is it. Yeah, and I, I think this doesn't even have 
batteries maybe i don't know i forget how it works there's Mm. probably batteries in it but anyway you press down anywhere on the whole switch and that's one action and then it has three smaller buttons that you can press on and they all have different numbers of dots on them and they can be associated with any action or scene or whatever and so I just finally got around to bring this down to my studio and deciding, you know, it's winter, it's cold down here. The main button's going to be for turning on a little space heater. But then the really interesting one is, you know, I always find myself, like right before we record, I usually turn the heat down in the house because I'm the only one here at the moment. And if the if the heater turns on, I'm right next to the room where the blowers are and it's pretty loud and it might get picked up on the microphone. So I always turn the heat down so that doesn't happen during recording. And then I have to turn off the space heater because that's also got a fan in it. And I've got this little air purifier thing that also has a fan in it. So I want I want all of the fans off. So with one tap of a button, I reduce the heat in the house five degrees and then it also turns off the space heater and the fan. So none of those things will go on while we're recording. And then the next button next to it turns everything back on to normal, basically, to where it was before I started recording. And it's, I don't know, it's one of those things where it's like, I should have done this a long time ago. It was super easy to do because it's just a matter of like going through the home app automations and picking the different devices and picking their states um, and then assign them to a particular button. And it's super easy to do, and it actually is, especially with that, more so than just like turning on the space heater. It's just a very convenient way to get four, three different devices set up all at once because I just have to poke at one button instead of opening the home app or pulling my phone out or whatever it is and then tapping through to each one. I just hit a physical button that sits here on my desk next to my keyboard, and I'm all set. Yeah, there's definitely something that I mean. Firstly, like this is like a really good example of what like you know connected switches or, or particular devices is actually quite useful for. Yeah. Um, you know, because I see people sometimes have these setups, and I think is that is that really making your life easier or better? Like, it's probably not because I think a lot of people are just sort of messing around with this stuff. Yep. Um, but to what you're saying, like it, I found something similar to that quite useful. Like in Alfred uh, on my Mac, I set up a workflow. Uh, where I just type uh, mode podcast and it will quit all of the apps that I've got open and then just open the apps that I need for podcasting. So it opens up our show notes, mm. um, like the, the plain text document that I've got, uh, opens up Skype and uh, Audio Hijack and all that kind of stuff. And then I have a couple of other modes for like home, which just does like browser and tweetbot basically. Um, and then I have a work one as well, which opens up all the kind of stuff I need for work. Um, and just sort of being able to do that in one go, a bit like what you're doing, you press the button and it does all the stuff or turns it back on. It's, it seems like a stupid thing because it's like I could sit here and open all those apps or you know you could go round and turn all this stuff off, but it's way easier to just sort of press a button and all of this just happen. Yeah, and, and the reason I got into it was because I do have this space heater down here and it seems silly to have a button just to turn on the space heater when it's just like you know, not even 10 feet away from me, but I have it already hooked up to a smart plug. And the reason I have that is because I wanted originally triggers that will automatically shut it off. So I don't have to remember to shut it off because I was concerned about, you know, like a fire hazard of leaving that thing on all night or something when no one's down here in this part of the house. So what I do, what I started with was since it's connected to the smart switch, 
uh, whenever the I actually have it, it's like a redundant system. If the light above my desk goes off, then it shuts off. Or if it detects motion, because there's a motion center that I sensor that I have on the stairway going down to my studio, when it senses motion, it also turns it off. And that's a good for safety purposes. But I got I got really tired of turning it back on because every time I go back upstairs to get a snack or have lunch or use the bathroom or whatever it happens to be, I end up shutting off the space heater and then I come back down and like, oh, now I got to turn it back on again. And I would, you know, do it in the home app or, or my phone or whatever. And I got tired of that. And then I thought, oh, I have, the, I was going to buy a switch. Like, you know, Logitech makes a, a button and a bunch of other companies make buttons. I think Eve makes a button. And I thought I would maybe buy one of those, but then I remembered I had this huge thing. It was just sitting there, and I always thought of it as being, you know, neat, being part of what you would use for Hue lights, which I think is it's kind of its intended purpose. But because it works with HomeKit, you can use those buttons for anything. So that's that's what got me started. And so it was for the first couple of weeks, all I did was use this one button to turn the heater on and off. And then I expanded it to, hey, you know, I got to record with Rob tomorrow. It'd be really good if I could just like set all this stuff up at once and then I can focus on getting ready on my Mac. And I like that idea with Alfred. That's There's a lot. Alfred's one of those apps that for the longest time I used it for nothing but launching apps, basically. Uh, very, right. you know, very little else. And then recently I've been spending a lot more time using it as like a replacement for an app like Text Expander, which is a subscription app. And and while Text Expander is a great app, I don't really use Text Expansion enough to justify doing a subscription. So Alfred is perfect for that. I use it for that. I've got like I've got a really simple one that just basically populates a query of the Mac Stories website. You know, we have a search box on the site and and it just sure. it, all it does is drop a search term into that syntax and open up that page. It just saves a couple of little steps, but it's kind of nice. Yeah, I, I really like Alfred. I, as you say, like that is one of the one of the things I use it for as well. Snippets. Um, I've got the clip. I use the clipboard manager. I mean, I've got it set oh, to yeah, save like really good. three. I think I've got like three years worth of, oh, wow. of everything I've copied, which might sound ridiculous, but especially at work. Because I'm, you know, I'm copy and pasting stuff all the time and bits of code or whatever, and sometimes I think, oh, what, what was that thing that I was doing? And like, I can just search for it. And even if it was like three months ago, generally the search is pretty good on the clipboard manager. Um, and yeah, and then like, just various different workflows, just to, you know, like I've got one that like converts time, uh, you know, dates and times into different formats that I need, and you know, there's a whole bunch of other stuff. But yeah, if, I, I find the workflow editor a bit complicated to use on alfred but yeah, you know the ones i make myself basically just trigger like a you know a shell script or something um you know so i can still just sort of deal with that myself but yeah it's something like alfred is as you say it's quite useful if you're not a big user of you know the the bigger products that just focus on that one thing then you know alfred can actually replace quite a lot of things yeah and even their snippets thing has the ability to do like fill-ins and and you know you can have like placeholders for date formats and things like that so it does have some of those more advanced tools built right into it uh i i suppose i've i've never been someone who really does a lot of text replacement but it is handy once in a while because i don't know i i do things like i have a couple of checklists that i send out to people 
who are going to advertise on Mac stories and stuff like that. And that list is the same list every time. So I have a snippet for that and I have a couple other, but I only have, I have maybe a dozen. I mean, not, a, not a whole lot. It's just not something I use a lot, but I'm glad that Alfred has it because it wouldn't, as I said, it wouldn't be worth subscribing to a service to do that, that level of text expansion. No, definitely not. Well, um, I, it, well, it's been a good week for for food news. Oh, it um, has. <laughs> if only we could, if we could, if only we could automate food news. Hmm. Uh, right. Exactly. I mean, if we could have this level of food news, we could probably do a show every week. <laughs> we we, <laughs> we got to get those food companies, those fast food companies, to get on it and uh, and help us, you know, generate our hot content. Yeah, maybe we need to be working from the inside of one of these food companies to generate the news. Oh, there you go. And then we do the podcast. And then we could, and then there's a step in between, and somehow we make money. I, I don't... The, the, the step in between is when we become fast food influencers, Rob. Right there, we go. All right. Yeah, and then people will send you know Burger King will send us a you know a fry sandwich, I guess, from New Zealand. God, that would be horrible. that would be horrible. <laughs> I'll let you eat that one. It'll get to the UK faster than Chicago. Thanks very much. Well, <laughs> anyway, yeah, we'll, um, you know, fingers crossed for more food news. If not, we'll have to come up with other topics. All right. But otherwise, we'll be back in a couple of weeks. Sounds good. Talk to you later. All right. Speak to you later.